Cook Talks. He does other things too. Yellow, it's Paul. Thank you for listening. We're going to have a great show today. Really good. And I hope you don't feel apathetic about it because it's about apathy. But first, I'm holding in my hand um, a bill from North Texas Tollway Authority, the NTTA. My daughter took a trip to Austin and uh, she said it was nice and the traffic's crazy in Texas. And she went through Dallas. Somehow, my daughter ended up running three tolls. Now, she's about as, uh, you know, well-mannered as anyone. How do you run a toll? Think about a toll right now. Like, obviously, isn't it like you pull up, there's a guy there, maybe going to give you change. Maybe you throw it in the thing and, and, you know, then it lets you through. But how do you run a toll? I just don't get it. Now I've got to pay this. Oh, and if I get a toll tag, I could save a dollar forty-seven. Anyway, I do kind of think tolls might not be the worst idea if you're on the Illinois side of the Poplar Street Bridge. I think tolls would work helping out the way that horrible road looks. How long have they been doing construction on the Illinois side of the Poplar Street Bridge? I mean, it's it's I get PTSD driving across it because it's bumpy. There's some parts that have been redone. I think it took 20 years. But overall, it still sucks. And yeah, maybe a tax is not uh, the solution, a new tax. But I do know that tolls are supposed to help with the roads. I'm not saying you should, you know, go do that. But man, it's disgraceful how bad that is. It'll tear up your car. I lost a filling driving across the Poplar Street Bridge on the Illinois side. Just bump, went deep, slammed my jaw, and there it was. Had to get it replaced. That's on you, Illinois side of the Poplar Street Bridge. It's on you. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about something I've noticed is major right now. Maybe you wouldn't call it depression. You know, maybe you would call it low mood or just a lower mood. It can also be defined as apathy. There's a lot of apathy out there. And, you know, I even though I know what words are, if I'm listening to the radio, I'd like if they swing back and if you could tell me what something like apathy is. And apathy is defined as a lack of, a lack of the effort or energy to do everyday things, depending on other people's plan to uh, have your activities, they plan them. You have no desire to learn new things, meet new people, or have new experiences. This is apathy. You don't care about really your own problems or anyone else's, and you feel fewer emotions. You know when things are good or bad. That doesn't mean that you're a sociopath, but it does mean you have apathy. And it's probably best illustrated in my prehistoric platypus story. Have you heard that one yet? Well, our apathetic prehistoric platypus, not really built for this world, you know, fins and, you know, weird legs with fins, not built for running on land, even though a platypus could be on land. Well, 
you know, prehistoric platypus is on the beach today, and he's just chilling, kind of like, yeah, whatever. Maybe a little ungrateful about what God has given him, you know, in this prehistoric, pre-evolution world. And uh, that's just kind of his lot in life. But counter to prehistoric platypus is the greatest predator in the history of the world, Tyrannosaurus rex. The T-Rex is hungry. And he's got platypus on his mind. He He's the meanest, strongest in history, right? Hungry for some platypus. He comes flying through the jungle. You, you see like the palm trees cracking as, you know, he's coming through his long body and little tiny arms, but long body cracking through to the edge of the beach. Prehistoric platypus is like, mm, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. T-Rex is rolling up, buddy. He's ready to go. But prehistoric platypus says, you know, I'm 20 feet away from the water. So, okay. Yeah, keep coming. T-Rex is charging. I mean, he's charging. Well, little flipper, some kind of flailing from prehistoric platypus, scoots into the waves. Ah, agua. Take that, T-Rex. More he would say, take that, T-Rex. And then that's when we hear the voice. The voice of God, Sir David Attenborough. It was just learned after examining his bones. Tyrannosaurus Rex was actually a very good swimmer. A strong swimmer, too. Strong hind legs, making for strong, powerful hunting in the water. So, yeah, uh, T-Rex charges without skipping a beat for the water, and he is in. He is in the water and gobbles up our apathetic platypus. Platypus says, you know what? I just can't get a break. Right as he's going down the hatch. He had an idea, but it was just kind of like, whatever. And then, oh, crap. Of course, who has the last word on this one? There are no T-Rexes running around, but there are platypuses today. So I'm just saying. The prediction is that apathy is going to be at an all-time high. Is still a wave coming since covid and that is something that uh, I've talked about and, and predicted in the uh, stress workforce shortfall that will actually cost employers money because of the anxiety and mental illness from COVID-19. And, you know, I think I talked a lot about it being anxiety and stress and depression that that's still predicted by many, many, many specialists, right? But I think a lot of people especially in St. Louis, just kind of toughen up, you know, and and they've gone back to work and gone back to doing things. So maybe they aren't really, for the most part, just deterred down depression, which, you know, by the way, is not a really an act of the will. But I think people are more likely going to have apathy. Apathy is something you see where you 
don't feel excited about something during the week and maybe during the weekend you live a little bit, but overall you don't really care. And there are things we can do to help with these low moods and they are important. They are important. And as much as you may have heard them before, know that an incredible specialist is talking about it. And that is my guest, Caroline Adams Miller. These are all evidence-based interventions to overcome stress, anxiety, low mood, low energy. But mostly, I don't want to put across right here, right now, that there's a simple way to overcome apathy or feeling a low mood, low energy. Energy drinks, by the way, have blasted up $4 billion in the last three to four years because we are dealing with that so much. Low mood, low energy, right? Grab an energy drink. It does kind of punch you up a little, right? But mostly, I don't want it to be like I have a simple answer for these things or, oh, Paul understands this and here it is. Here's the breakdown on depression or feeling apathetic because it really annoys me on YouTube hearing someone, and I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey, a big fan of uh, Tony Robbins, big fan of Jim Carrey, but all of them have videos on YouTube about these type of things and they say, oh, well, you know, uh, depression is simply not having a better outlook about the future. Here's how it is. Like, no, you have no idea. You have no idea. So I hate the oversimplified. Um, depression is really a crushing and it's the worst. But to hear someone encapsulate it down in a YouTube video really annoys me. There's no quick magic pill but I understand the reality. I'm not a doctor, but I do understand the reality and it's complicated. So you can't really speak fully into what apathy or it's uh, much more serious cousin depression is about. What you can say and what I will say, and my guest Caroline Adams Miller will say, you can talk about solutions or interventions to help you overcome. You see the difference there? Talking about exactly what it is in the brain and all of that prefrontal cortex and what someone's thinking has gone wrong. You can't really do that because we're all a little bit different and we're a lot the same, but you, you don't really totally know, but we know what can work and has work. Apathy is an important, important thing to try to overcome though. Caroline Adams Miller, if we're feeling that way, stressed, overwhelmed, apathetic, and low energy, what should we keep in mind? What should we do? Um, I think everybody needs to get quiet and ask themselves, what are the things that I will regret not pursuing if I'm looking back on my life mm. in 20 years, 30 years? Because we all have to be lit from within by something that propels us forward. Now, it may not be our work, but it could be something that illuminates and gives our life spirit and zest and it gives us something to look forward to that we're going to do at night or on weekends, whatever. We also need to know that there's a science to happiness. And, and one of the things 
that we have found through positive psychology studying identical and fraternal twins is that half of our daily happiness is completely up to us. It's not going to float down off Mount, Mount Olympus. <laughs> there are at least seven to 11 proven interventions that everybody can do and try and experiment with to see how do they work for you, but they all make you um, higher in emotional flourishing. And when you're higher in this flourishing and happiness, you're more likely to achieve your goals, make friends, um, be more optimistic about your future, et cetera, et cetera. One is meditation, simple, mindful wow. meditation. Another one is exercise. I mean, we are down to seven minutes a day is all you need to do if you do mm -hmm. intensely. You know, exercise, gratitude, thank somebody today for something they did for you. Thank somebody. The practice of gratitude has been found to give more ups to the people who express gratitude than the people who receive it. The practice of forgiveness, that's another one. Here's one that I think everyone should go do right away. Find out what your top five character strengths are and use them every day in the pursuit of your goals and how do you show up in the world. It's the free test that I send everyone to is at www.viacharacter.org. Um, it's the Via Character Strength Institute um, Value in Action, wow. and it's a free test. It'll give you your 24 character strengths ranked from 1 to 24 in 15 minutes. It is the most amazing personality strength test I've ever seen. Um, it was developed by two of my mentors, Marty Seligman and Chris Peterson. Just doing that test and seeing your top five strengths, zest, kindness, bravery, leadership, love of learning, whatever they are, seeing them and realizing that's who I am when I'm at my best. Those are the strengths that people see. And that I feel that's a win that improves your happiness. So everybody needs to know that because particularly at work, you want to adapt your character strengths to how you do your work. How can you approach your work in a way that allows you to be that person, either the kind person or the curious person. It's called job crafting. And that's another big body of uh, research out there, but have hope have hope and do things that allow you to feel hopeful. And sometimes that comes from being around people who are also hopeful. So make sure that the tribe around you is the one that you want to have as contagious and positive in your life. Oh my gosh. And it, it, I want to like grab my two teenage daughters and make them listen to you over and over again, because somewhere mm. along the way, I, I, I see it as a failing maybe as a parent that they thought happiness happened from that uh, smartphone and some social media and uh, you yeah. know it's causing the exact opposite absolutely I, if i i'm so grateful i don't have a daughter who's a teenager right now <laughs> instagram and these photo apps you know it, it's just so damaging and i mean yeah. of course they're fueling eating disorders and depression but one thing that has made a difference is asking people if they must use their cell phone and take pictures is to go out in nature and take pictures of themselves in nature or nature. They've found that that is a marvelous intervention huh. that allows people to feel awe. And when you feel awe, when you're in nature, what they found is over three to four weeks of, of making that assignment to people, they found the pictures of nature got bigger and themselves in the frame got smaller because they realized w where they really stood in the world. And so that's just one of many ways that people are looking at social media um, and picture taking. But I have to tell you that if I, if I had that, that app, that Instagram, whatever it was, mm -hmm. and I could curate how I looked and change it, yeah. I, 
I know my eating disorder would have gone on twice as long. Oh. I mean, how awful is that to just try to be somebody you're not all the time to get likes? Holy yeah. cow. And waiting for the likes and then looking at the different shades, maybe your chin or, or something like oh. that. It's just, um, it's, it's evil in a way and, and we have to lead them out of it, don't we? Yeah, and I think they watch their parents um, to see what their parents are doing. Are they paying attention to social media? Are they paying attention to likes? I mean, as a business owner, it's a necessary evil. I have a social media team, and I'm so grateful that I don't have to do the posting a lot because I could just see Uh. myself, even when I do it, thinking, oh, do I have to use another filter here? If I had to do that (laughs) all day, every day, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine. So. Anyway, it's a it's it's a real barnacle on society. I wish I wish we could just get rid of all of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. It's just uh, and you know I just recently gave a little talk about the artificial nature of it all and the influencers are creating this contrived world and some kids, many kids don't know that. They actually think that's real and uh, there was a, a guy who did an HBO special Fake Famous. I recommend checking it out and he was um. the director producer. It was on HBO and he said what I realized with the influencers was the number one goal is to make the other person feel bad about their life. You have won as an influencer if you've made someone feel bad about their life and think, oh, I want that. I want that. And gosh, I thought about the psychology of that and the swirling wow. doubt it must create. And uh, it <laughs> it's pretty <sighs> depressing to hear all that. Gosh, I mean, wow. I just remember the early days of my recovery from bulimia. I was so grateful I had a 12-step group to go to. Where I, where I could hear stories of other people struggling, overcoming, mm-hmm. trying to become their best selves, didn't even know their last name, and it didn't matter. And I'm just so grateful I had places to go and people to see to change my life from actually it was kind of superficial. I grew up in Washington. It was like you got to go to this school and that school and get these scores and the rest of it. And I mm-hmm. fell in line, you know, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all those things, all those superficial things, they're kind of empty. And when you have places to go and people to see that don't include just all this selfie grit, yeah. you know, essentially, <laughs> you know, cause there is selfie grit. There are people who wow. just, maybe they have grit. Maybe they did, you know, the latest um, workout online, whatever CrossFit. But what, do you have to tell the world constantly <laughs> what you did? There's, I know. I call it selfie grit. It's just absurd. And it. <laughs> It makes you feel worse. So anyway, I'm just grateful that my life got structured in the right way at the right moment. Yes. I mean, that's great gratitude. And like I said, we could go off in so many directions, but do you know, isn't it ridiculous how people look with, they're holding up the phone in the mirror, you know, a Kardashian or who, you know, successful people, but they're holding up it it, to me. And I know probably you, as we've studied humility and tried to have some of it, if we can, the phone up, look at me in my bathroom is, is ridiculous. It's almost like, we're living in another world. You know, I think I, I think people are so lost in their own narcissism that they don't even have any sense of how they're coming across. Mm. Or they they get so many likes and they're so validated by people who are in a similar kind of stew of, of I don't know, just Narcissism. superficiality. Narcissism, yeah. sure. We'll just call it what it is. 
um, I, I think they're unaware. And I think some people can be led to a different place. And sometimes I really do think it's about hitting bottom with something, not getting what you want, finding out what matters in life, finding out who your friends are. It can lead you away from that, that world. I mean, there is a whole field called post-traumatic growth. I was listening to, um, yeah, there's this wonderful, wonderful researcher. I think Robert Tedeschi Tedeschi is his name. One of the creators, yes. Yeah, and he's just, you know, I didn't know until I heard him that post-traumatic stress disorder is kind of not really a thing. You know, it's just a collection, a jumbled collection of of symptoms. Uh But he said most people come through trauma pretty well, that people are pretty resilient and Actually, the growth that occurs from having a setback, from having your world rocked, from not getting what you want, is a piece of what we really need to become a better version of ourselves. All of us have lost something. We've lost friends. We haven't been able to experience weddings, graduations, trips, vacations. We've you know, seen people pass away. We haven't been able to go to funerals. We've all lost things. But if we could just take a few minutes to think about what have we gained, I think we'll see that we're stronger than we thought we were. So I asked all my clients to finish the question. Before COVID, I never knew I could, mm. dot, dot, dot. Mm. And the answers can take a conversation and someone's mood and kind of how they feel about themselves to a whole different place. It can remind you about what matters. I'll tell you one interesting thing that I also put in creating your best life that I thought was so fascinating was if you ask college students, um, what their goals are for their future. For the most part, since the 90s, it's to be famous and make a lot of money. In the 70s, <laughs> it was more to make a difference and to you know, make a difference in your community. But you ask those same college students who've been sold this kind of story that you got to make money, be famous, get this house in the hills, you know, sell Tampa or Sunset, whatever these right. shows are. Um, <laughs> so, but if you ask them in the last month, what's been the best or most meaningful experience you've had not one of them says it's about money or possessions. They all cite something they did with a friend. Uh, and we keep coming back to what does matter is other people. Other people. And what do we bring to the relationship? Not what do we take from it? How do you make other people better? How do they make you better? It's like rock tumblers. We're tumbling against each other, making each other better. Mm. So, so at the end of the day, it really is. You know, Chris Peterson, one of the founders of Positive Psychology, said happiness boils down to three words. Other people matter. And so we do. We do need to rise up and be resilient and gritty together. We do need to tap into relationships to help us, you know, set, pursue, and achieve our goals. Don't go it alone. Find out what someone else's goals and dreams are. I, I, mm. I believe that if you don't know someone else's dreams for their life, you don't really know them. But I don't think most people even ask that question. It's me, me, so me. Yeah. It's it's me, me, me. They're terrible listeners. <laughs> um, oh, but there has to be this right curiosity and enthusiasm. So make it make it a goal to find out if somebody could get in a time travel elevator and go forward five years, ten years, and the elevator doors open up into the the world that you would most like to live in, the life that you would most love to create for yourself. What are those elevator doors opening into? Can you even see it? Can you even describe it? Can you imagine it? I mean, we're so caught up in the moment that people aren't even thinking um, about delayed gratification and how to get to these better places where we're better and other people we've dragged with us. 
but you and I both know this. You can't keep what you don't give away. I pulled people with me into recovery because I knew I couldn't keep it. Mm. And that's what brought me joy starting 35, 40 years ago. And I just keep finding new ways to do it, whether it's goal setting or grid or giving away things um, on interviews or whatever. Mm. But that is, at the end of the day, is what's going to bring you joy, not a bunch of likes. It's going to be about the difference you made in someone else's life. I love that all the things you just talked about have research backing them and they're very useful for someone dealing with just not being happy. You know, uh, that's hard. It's hard to be happy, but let's just not be apathetic. And I know what you're saying gets you even more than that. So I really appreciate it. Caroline Adams Miller. Gosh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm glad our lives crossed. So yes. I am. Um, stay healthy and will. um, we'll, we'll talk again. Okay. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you. Appreciate All right. It. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Paul Cook for our free water store in Chesterfield. Dude, our water is dead. Find out what living water is. It could be one of the best things you ever do for your health and for your family too. It is for me. This water has helped millions of people all over the world supercharge their cells. Experience it for free over and over again. Walk in there at the corner of Woods Mill and Olive, our free water store. Discover true health today. And you really would benefit greatly from seeing one of their education classes. It just blew me away. It's almost like magic what this water can do, and they show you. So Wednesday, August 17th, 7 p.m., in Chesterfield there, they will do the education class for you, and uh, it's better than TV. I'm just saying. Wednesday, August 17th, and then Tuesday, August 23rd, my wife's birthday, 7 p.m., Tuesday, August 23rd, 7 p.m., uh, another one. You know, you can pick a date, and uh, they're doing them all the time, but get in now. Start living with some living water now and drink fewer energy drinks. That's what I'm trying to do. Thanks for listening to Paul Cook Talks. Paul at paulcooktalks.com. I would love to hear from you.